Welcome to the Lords of Loud. We're four music fans from Australia who've turned our old email debates into this podcast. I'm Lord Ben, and if we were the Beatles, I'd obviously be the smart one, but modest too. With me as always is Lord Brett, the funny one, only because we've seen him dance, Lord Kev, the quiet one, because he can't clip on a mic, and Lord Al, the cute one, with the perfect face for any podcast. And welcome back to the Lords of Loud. Thanks again for joining us for another episode. That's okay, Ben. Um, <laughs> thanks, Kev. Thanks <laughs> yeah, for thanks, being Kev. here. Thanks, Kev. It's nice that you can make it. Excellent. All right, and we've got some exciting things for you tonight. Uh, we're going to be talking. We're going to do another episode of our Great Rivalries uh, segment. That I think last time we did Blur versus Oasis, if I mm-hmm. remember correctly. That's right. Mm-hmm. And most importantly, we're going to take another dive into Al's closet. Oh. A Garan- dangerous, dangerous I hope place. you brought your boots. Guaranteed 100% fun. Yes. Guaranteed you get your money back. Well, especially as I have even moved out of the M's. Wow. Uh, Partly. What? Partly. Uh, what's that's outrageous. Just to spice things up. Uh, but, you know, that's to come. So hold on oh, to your hats. Oh, God. All right. Well, it's too much excitement for anyone to bear. But before we do that, we've got to do Album of the Week and our sponsor. So, Kev, I believe you've got an Album of the Week this week. I do. I do. I do. Um, and uh, going to keep it's it Abba. really... I do. I do. I do. <laughs> That's lovely. Nice. Uh, I would nice pick that. I think it's about as far away from Abba as you can get. <laughs> and I, I mean that sincerely. This is Velvet Underground with their album, Velvet Underground, from 1969. And... Um, I just happened upon it again recently, and we were talking the other day about, um, you know, when you just take something off the shelf and you've saved it, you know. And uh, this was the album that um, I was first, I first fell in love with, the Overwatch Underground, listening to. Um, they had a lot of other great albums. They had Nico. They had um, uh, there are other ones. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, the, the, you know the. the um, a lot of albums that people think are a lot better than this one, um, and a lot noisier. Um, later on, later later on, um, Jesus and Mary Chain came along and released a second album that was really quiet after a hugely noisy first album. And I think the model was um, for these from this. Um, what had happened just prior to this was John Cale left, um, avant garde musician, you know, violinist, um, drone organ merchant. Um, prone to throwing pianos against walls and making interesting soundscapes. And, um, of course, him and uh, Lou Reed together, incredible, um, you know, combination of forces. Uh, And he leaves and you think, what's left? And what was left was almost like a whirlpool in my imagination. Like, all the elements were still there for a phenomenal band, but Lou Reed's songwriting just freed up and came out. Um, Songs like um, Pale Blue Eyes and Candy Says beautiful soft meditations um absolutely incredible and so unlike what i was expecting to hear from everything mm. here about the velvet underground and it was that that um made me um just as i say fall in love with his album um and when i heard it you know uh, in my teens and um still love it that much to this day just just heartbreakingly gorgeous soft and different and you know, before they <laughs> did the Stones thing and went off and became basically Lou Reed's um, mm. pre-solo uh, experience with albums like Loaded. But um, I'm not saying I don't love the other albums. I'm just saying that this one just um, is my album of the week. Um, 
and it's always been my favourite Velvet's one. Um, yeah, so do yourself a favour. If you haven't heard Velvet Underground, Velvet Underground, um, check it out, because for me that's when it all comes together. Um, and yeah, tell me Kev sent you. Yeah, great choice. <laughs> Excellent. Mm. Yeah, Good one. All right. Well, not as good as this album. Let's face it. <laughs> this is our sponsor for this week, and this one, this album's still in the sh- shrink wrap. I mean, this oh. is... Oh, this has got to be a collector's one. <laughs> is that for its protection or yours? <laughs> <laughs> Sealed for your protection. So this is released on the Capital International Series, and this is Music of the Incas. Oh, at last. Um, colourful Indian music performed by the brilliant ensemble Paco Carmack. Uh, wow. wow. So they've travelled deep into Incan territory here to release a great... This is this. Are you sure this isn't out of your closet, Al? Did you sneak this one in here? <laughs> quite, quite possibly. Yep. I, I would explain is... the cling wrap. <laughs> <laughs> this has come straight out of Al's closet. I didn't. I've never. I've never owned this. I just realised as I'm reading through it. But um, no, great, uh, great tracks on here. El Castillo, Amarosa, Palomito, Jumbre, uh, Angrita. Uh, you know. Classic. If you love mm. your Incan music, That's this right, has got yeah. them all on there. So and, and the Spanish speakers just cringing there. So. Well, no, no. I was going to yeah. say he speaks very fluent Incan. Yeah, yeah. that's right. It's a different it's dialect Spanish, than the Spanish, Spanish mate. That's mm-hmm. why you're not picking mm-hmm. up on the. So yes, that's a, a great, uh, great album there, and we'll put some shots of that up on our social media. So oh, it's, yeah. it's a suggestion that uh, uh, that it's. That it's traditional. This isn't someone. This is, no, this is tradition. Well, yeah, this is. The, I think this yeah. is part of this uh, Capital International series. Was that they would actually go out and and record. I, I'm hoping and I assume they're recording actual, uh, authentic, uh, traditional music from. I don't think there are any Incans. Alive. The different cultures. Well, the different the culture would be, would the be, culture that still yeah. survives. Yeah. So uh, it's not it's not seven white not guys in LA. It's music of the Incans. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's not. Incas play. No, that's right. You know, that that would be Incas. a stretch. So, <laughs> that's right. uh, I'm I'm gathering there's probably some pan pipes. So. Oh, it's, it's it's all pan pipes. If we're lucky, it is all if pan pipes. Don't you worry about well, I mean, that. I remember there was a while ago you played uh, or you had a, a sponsor album where it was mm. um, songs of the Blitz. Yes, and um, yes, yes, that was yes. a beautifully exploitative, you know, album yes. cover, and yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I'd like to put and this, this is in equally, the same, equally, same category. Yeah, Somebody who isn't necessarily necessarily Incan, but kind of looks Incan enough. They're just right. going to be there. You t- you talk about your cultural appropriation. Yeah, this is they've done. They've gone all out on this. Seems one. to be holding a can of beans. Could I be right about that? <laughs> Surely yeah, not. They would be traditional Incan beans, it's, though. It's traditional. Yeah. Yes. There we go. Okay. Look, they give you a sketch of the character. You need to ink it in. Oh, <laughs> oh wow! Thanks, okay. Dad. Oh, no, You've been inking that one up that, for a so. while. <laughs> Go out and do yourself a favour. Get yourself a copy on it's on the Capital International oh, Capital. Series, released by EMI. Great Mu- service. Music of music. the Incas. Yep. Chock, chock full of culture. Hmm. Each All side. Culture. Beautiful. All right. So what's the first segment? We're going to talk about great rivalries. Um, and tonight I thought we'd go, instead of going, you know, band versus band or, or you know, musician versus musician, I thought we might talk about a, a, just a classic rivalry within a band and, yeah, it's just the two of them. So, um, and th- so we're talking about Simon and Garfunkel tonight, and then I guess the issues and some of the the traumas and why they, you know, why they had such a fraught relationship, and um, obviously extremely successful, uh, and produced some of the the great music of the '60s and '70s, uh, but just couldn't, uh, you know, 
lot of inner turmoil, a lot of uh, conflict within the band and just couldn't. They tried a few times throughout the, uh, certainly the very early 80s and then into the 90s and 2000s even to come back together and, and sort of reunite to do tours and things and it just still seemed to fall apart. They just mm. couldn't seem to get over uh, problems that existed right from when they were kids. And they met yeah. when they, they went to school together. They met when they were sort of 14, 15. Um, they, Paul Simon, rec- well, they recorded a, a record um, called, I think it's called Birthday Girl or Happy... Hey, hey School Girl. Hey School Girl. Um, as, Tom, as, as Tom and Jerry. As Tom it? and Jerry yeah. originally. Mm-hmm. Um and on the back of that sold a hundred thousand records, and well, yeah, the the single. And on the back of that, uh, a producer sort of jumped on on their case, and actually asked Paul Simon to record a couple of solo albums mm. or solo records singles at the time. Um, and he unfortunately forgot to tell Art Guff <laughs> mm. that that was the case. So and this happened. This happened when they were sixteen years old. Yeah. First record yeah. into the business. Yeah. Well, why, I think the Tom and Jerry references set them on the wrong path. That's right. <laughs> You're always <laughs> going to have conflict. I think it's, it was a mistake yeah. having the word "school" in it that just, title. To it be was honestly. just bad karma from the get-go. Exactly. Calling yourself exactly. Tom. And now, can I just out myself and you. say that I I didn't actually know these guys. You know, I'm not a huge fan. Didn't know mm. they were um, in any way. Had a rivalry, or had, oh, you guys mm. have alluded to it being big fans. You've yeah, mentioned yeah. it time to time, you know. Mm. So, well, well, I've I've I'm read um, novice on this. I've read a Paul Simon um, autobiography, mm. and and I've read an Art Garfunkel, and it's 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 like they're sixteen. Mm. They mm. they it's petty jealousy, mm. and and to me, you know, you apart from the Tom and Jerry reference, it's like how could it go wrong? Best friends start a business. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. they are sixteen, <laughs> that's right. yeah. and it's like, okay, well, that's mm. just how, how many how many musicians that start as best friends end up as best friends? Mm. Yeah. Uh, it just seems it seems a struggle from there. Yeah, it's crazy. So, so as Tom and so they they um, so I mean Art Garfunkel could just never get over that fact that Paul Simon was prepared at that mm. point, mm. being best friends, forming a group to go out and and mm. you know essentially go and have a solo career at that point. Um, so they, they did continue as Tom and Jerry. Um, it only last they released a couple of things that just really didn't do much. So they essentially broke up at that point. Uh, that was in 1957. So we're talking you know, early days. Uh, and they just happened to bump into each other again, sort of in the 60, you know, 63-ish, uh, and decided they'd sort of give it another go. And that's when they formed as Simon and Garfunkel mm. and released the album uh, Monday Morning 3am, which was their first their debut. Which the album itself didn't do much, but it had uh, "Sounds of Silence" on it, which mm. really obviously was a massive, yeah. mm. massive song, and their first real big hit, and, and yeah, what an incredible song to be mm. um, a on a debut album. But some you know kid, what you know, was he eighteen or nineteen now, or maybe twenty, you know, writing mm. that sort of thing. So, um, so at this point, Garfunkel has already got his back up about the whole. Yeah, yeah. So he seeds are sown. Yeah, that's right. On. And so the the crux of their argument i mean apart from you know starting off a like brett says starting off a, a business you know essentially a business with with not only with your best friend which is all, you know, that's going to be potentially problematic but you know with that sort of element of betrayal hmm. right at the get-go you know, yeah, like yeah, it, it's yeah. very hard to sort of come back from that um and because then it becomes it, it almost becomes uh uh you know i know it's not he said she said but it's the same thing 
these little betrayals all come through and it's like, yeah, but 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 even yeah. though I did that, it's like it, just it all goes always back go to, back to yeah, that. always yeah. go back to you were going to go and run I'd away go and start your own thing. Could never get over that. And even to his latest, to his biography, which he released only, I think in 2017 mm. or something, he mm. still brings that up as, oh. as just something he couldn't, he he could never forget. Like he could, yeah. uh, sorry, he could he could try to forget. Um, what do you say? Forgive. He could try to forget, but he could never forgive yeah. or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, so they released this huge single. The album doesn't do much. What's What happens next? Well, the single itself was enough, you know, that they could they could keep releasing records. Um, and amongst, you know, in those early years, uh, you know, the director of The Graduate approached them to do the music and to both star in The Graduate, the mm. film. And that led... Which one was going to be Mrs. Robinson? <laughs> I'm guessing it was Garfunkel. Well, that's where the fight yeah, started. That's right. So. so that led Art Garfunkel down a path of, of sort of, you know, appearing in a few films. And, you know, you, you might look at it now to think about it, but he was he was a tall, blue-eyed, handsome mm. young man, Paul Simon, obviously quite short. Yeah, like from the forehead you know. down, he was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> if you can ignore the hair. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's the best part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, which again, forms another crux of their, of their, you know, Paul Simon always saw him as getting all the ladies, so to speak, mm. and Art Garfunkel always saw him as, as sort of saw Paul as owning and controlling the band because he was the songwriter, mm. he was the musician, mm. yeah, he was doing all the all the yeah the talent, all the grunt yeah. work, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Having said that, I mean, Art, Gar- yeah, their sound is nothing without his yeah, vocal, yeah, and he's yeah. and he's mm. one of the greatest vocalists in in music. I mean, he's an incredible. Performer to the to the point where I actually saw him in just by himself in about two thousand and two, and and he sang you know a bunch of all Paul Simon songs and the whole night he was going on about how he's the you know one of the greatest American songwriters like he was paying all respect to him mm. and whatever mm. and sang all the songs and and his voice even then was just yeah. immaculate like it was just incredible there was some ethereal moments where you just you know again you talk about goosebumps or whatever it was yeah. incredible mm. especially when he did like Watership. Um, yeah, worship down, yeah, down, eyes. and all that sort of stuff. Um, it's, it's interesting, though. Again, you go back to this petty jealousy. Eyes, yeah. uh, uh, so, you know, uh, you know, graduate does really well, and I don't know if it was the director of the graduate, but anyway, someone then invites Art and Paul to both star in Catch Twenty Two and Nine Seventy. Right. Yeah, yeah, yep, mm-hmm. yep. All of Paul's shots get cut. <laughs> Art then. Uh, you know, is is then asked to do a movie after that, and he doesn't tell Paul mm. that he was going to do the net, that movie. And mm. Paul's going, mate, we're supposed to be recording an album. You mm. just you just think you can walk away and leave me to write all the songs. Now Art surely would be going, yeah, but you're going to write all the songs. Right, what am I going to do? Anyway. <laughs> walk around, sit outside the yeah. room, waiting for you to finish. Yeah. But again, it's this yeah. petty jealousy mm. um, where it's like, you know, you shouldn't have. Yeah, but you were going to, and weren't yeah. you going to? Mm. I mean, w- when I read. Paul's um, book. Uh, he's 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 a sad man. Yeah, doesn't oh, and, and, never, has, and has battled a lot of depression yeah. and stuff. And that what that didn't help the situation during yeah. the, the during the seventies in particular. Yeah. He's he, and into the early eighties, like he battled all kinds of mental issues and depression and and yeah. uh, self doubt. And you know, one of the great, probably in my mind, probably the greatest lyricist of all time. Mm. And Certainly, one of the greatest songwriters of all time. Mm. I mean, he's written that many classic songs. And but but it, to never, have, it never yeah. seemed good enough, did it? No, it never no, no, seemed no, that, no. that he would he would get this reach this massive pinnacle. Yeah. He and would, he would you know, say, that he even checked up with Princess Leia. 
He would say he would say like coming from that that Jewish family background, mm. like it was yeah, there was always such expectation. Mm. You know, and he probably should never have gone into you know so called pop music, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, he was he was pro- should have been destined to be a you know a doctor, or a lawyer, or yeah, yeah, an accountant or something like that. And, and so I think he always had that underlying sort of dealing with that kind mm. of mm. family disappointment, and probably could never see, even though he's one of the most you know respected and yeah um yeah anyway but it's yeah so then they try you know they they go through the the 70s paul's dealing with a lot of um issue yeah they broke up during that mental health issues they broke up um and the first major sort of trying to come back together was for the 81 um concert in central park in new york which is an incredible absolutely incredible concert and, and brilliant um there's a great film of it there's it's a great album um they you know, so they get they get through that. Um, there's talk of doing a, you know, an t- album taking yeah, doing an album yeah, or yeah. potentially taking that as a tour, you know, mm. across the country, potentially even worldwide. And yeah, they just can't. Mm. They just you know, old old issues mm. come up and, and they just can't get can't get past yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's the issue, isn't it? Because uh, you can't do those Simon and Garfunkel songs without the pair of them. No, and so, no. and so it becomes so obvious when you see one of them yeah. alone in concert. Or yeah, mm. yeah, because you can't do bridge over troubled waters no. without art singing, mm-hmm. and you can't do anything without Paul there. So they're almost bound together. So I'm guessing at some point, just people just kept apart from their own ego. Wouldn't it be great to be on stage and sing this song which I was part of? Yeah. Mm. Uh, I, I imagine people must have been throwing buckets of money, saying, "For God's sake, it's it's a." It's a dead set. Yeah. Just jump on stage, yeah, that's right. get through it. And then one of the, in the early 90s again, so it seemed to be like this 10-year cycle yeah. they tried to get back together. In the early 90s, uh, they tried again. They got together. They had a, there, was a, there was a concert. Um, and one of the big things that Paul saw, uh, that Garfunkel out of that saw, like there was, a, there was a scathing, it wasn't necessarily scathing, but he saw it as scathing, uh, review of the concert. I think it was in the Atlantic or something mm. like that, or but it, it just basically was saying that how, um, yeah, he was basically just one of the many special guests. Yeah, a support that, uh, a supporting act. Mm. Uh, Garfunkel for, was essentially one of the, one of the other supporting acts for <laughs> Paul Simon, yeah, because they'd had some they'd brought some friends mm. on. I think even um, David Crosby and uh, mm. they had a couple, yeah, some people like that in that concert. <laughs> Um, so That's again, right. it just, this re- this it just they could never the escape, Simon show, yeah. you know. And even though that wasn't a direct, you know, it wasn't Paul Simon saying, "Well, you're just a," you know, yeah. that was enough for him just to be like, "Well, yeah, can't, yeah, <laughs> I'm out." Can't, yeah, yeah. And, and again, that you know, uh, Paul Simon said repeatedly he was so he used to get so annoyed because he thought uh, uh, people saw Art as the lead singer of the band. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. that that um, that early on people would think that Art wrote the songs. And mm. it's like, oh wow, you know, it's not enough that that Paul wrote the songs that he would have got more of the money from it all, but the fact that some people out there might have thought that Art wrote wrote that song, mm. that mm. was enough to be. It's like, wow. Yeah, there was just, I yeah, I mean, uh, you know, that you hear all kinds of classic stories of, you know, people vying for who's the leader of the band. Like people always like mm. to play people like John and Paul against each other or Keith and, mm. and uh, you know, Mick against each other or whatever, to, who's mm. the true leader of the band, whatever, blah, blah. But these two guys, it's literally just the two of them. Like yeah. how, you, <laughs> you know, can you just come to some agreement? That's right. That you, you That's know. right. So they're both, they're both favorites. 
You know, yeah, they shouldn't have. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So an incredibly painful story because it would have been great to see them do. Like you think of the work that Paul Simon put out in the 80s, mm. um, yeah, Graceland and, and other works, which and yeah, a lot of his solo work from the early 80s, yeah, I mean, late you'd 70s. Have to say he became ultimately, you know, a worldwide known yeah, star yeah, sort yeah, of, yeah, right, yeah, over time. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, that must have been like... Yeah. You know, horrify, horrifying to Garfunkel. Sure, sure. Who's like sitting at home going, yeah. I'm yeah. the lead singer well, of Martin Garfunkel. He had it, I think he actually believes that. Yeah. And then he has to sit there while Paul yeah, Simon goes right. out and becomes bigger than Martin Garfunkel ever yeah. were. Yeah, that's right. Mm. You know? And look, he, he released a series of successful albums as well, Art Garfunkel, but, you know, obviously not, doesn't, nowhere near, nowhere near the recognition of Paul Simon. Didn't Simon's get Chevy album. Chase in the video, did he? <laughs> he didn't. That's right. That's it. But you would think, again, that after all the success that Paul Simon had in the 80s, that'd be enough to go, all right, well, that's... You know, yeah. Most artists at that point go, okay, it's time to do the nostalgia thing and yeah, let's yeah. get back together. And, and yeah. I, I've proven I can go out there and, and have a successful mm. career without mm. uh, Garfunkel singing, yeah. um, you know, on the back of my own voice and my own whatever, yeah. and let's just do it. for the, mm. know, Let's get back together and do something. But, yeah, just couldn't do it. So and so, it's, too much, too it's, much sixteen-year-old bad blood. Yeah, yeah. And it's incredible how you how can do you hold a grudge. Oh like man, because in, in two thousand and ten was the last time they played, and there was this idea they were going to do a USA and a, and a Canadian tour, and um, and Art was having some difficulty with his voice, mm. and so so yeah, they, played, they played they play they played a, a um, they must have you know played a, a, an introduction show or whatever, and then the question is asked of Art. You know, can we go on and do this tour now? And Art says, "Yes, I can." But mm. then, three or four dates into the tour, yeah, his voice evidently can't. He's yeah. evidently can't, yeah. and Paul's just all shitty, and that's it. Mm. They basically walked away, and you know, that's ten years ago. Yeah. Um, and and so you think, well, now they're 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 at the age now where. Uh, uh, sooner or later, they won't be able to ever play mm. together because yeah, that's it. They miss yeah. the opportunity now, but yeah, yeah, yeah it's a shame. But no, great, certainly a great rivalry. Um, <laughs> certainly some great music came of it anyway. Um, they do like any diss tracks of each other? <laughs> <laughs> like, um, uh, what do you call it? Ice like, Cube and Easy E. Yeah, what do you call uh, it when, when rappers do like reply? Um, yeah, yeah. Smackdowns of each other. Mm, give it up the nappy dresser. Well, well, again, the interesting tie back to this is we're all good friends at one point. Now we just can't stand each other. <laughs> <laughs> People don't realise that... It'll all come out later in our biographies. That's right. It'll be, you know, people don't realise that, that, you know, during the breaks between episodes, we just we just sit quietly, oh, flip yeah. on our phone. The mics go off. And yeah. That's right. It's, it's just good. crickets. Yeah. I, think it's a, I think it's a surname's thing. I think, obviously, you've got two guys there, uh, one of whom has got two first names, <laughs> and the other one has got the most ridiculous surname in the history. He's, he's got too, yeah. many, too, too many last names. names. Join, join too many one. names yeah. uh, for anyone, and the two of them together, it must be like you know the worst possible mm. star signs. You know, coming mm. together in the one room, and let's just let's just be okay with this. Yeah, yeah. it's like no, no, mate, you got two first names. Yeah, <laughs> you, can't, you can't do it. And you I'm Garfunkel. And I'm Garfunkel. <laughs> yeah. Well, or, or as one of my kids used to call him, uh, instead of saying Simon and Garfunkel, she just say Art Funkel. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. So just you know, well, isn't it fa- is it Farfinkles or Farfunkels? Yeah, out yeah. of the um, the Grinch. Yeah. Is, yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds like it's uh, a parody band waiting to happen, doesn't it? Like <laughs> yeah, a that's it. funk versions of Art Garfunkel songs, you know. Well, that, that's because uh, the interesting thing is when when they when they change from Tom and Jerry to Simon and Garfunkel, 
the record company says, well, you just you just sound like a law firm. Yeah. You know? so. <laughs> yes. Which was an improvement on Tom and Jerry. <laughs> mm. so, you know, but just still, marginally. Well, Not to mention the, you know, the licensing issues. They but I think you're right. The seeds was, must have been sown with that name. I mean, it's wrapped up, isn't it? Yeah. They're at it's war. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. All right. Happy well, times. Good times. Yeah, good. Speaking of rivalries. All right. Yeah. What's, segment, what's the next segment? You ready? We're yes. about to delve into your, into your closet. Hang on. Did we have an introduction for that? <laughs> knock, knock, knock. Oh, yeah. What's in your closet? Yeah, Al? what's in your closet, yeah. Al? There <laughs> we go. Alan, what are you doing in there? <laughs> Leave it alone. Give it a rest. All right. So, Count, just before we before you dive in, give us a yes. little rundown. So, tell us about this M. So, you were, you were stuck in the M's? Oh, so, oh, well, I wasn't stuck in the M's. It was just a okay. convenient place to st- to start and continue because now how's it convenient? M is like just what just well, no, no. It's just the middle of the alphabet. He, he rolled the dice, right? No, no. and M I came s- up. I say the technical solutions for the big problems. The dice. <laughs> so <laughs> this this is just simply you know, I need to start somewhere. How about we pick the M's? Course. So, yeah, course. I, I course. And everyone, everyone, our read, our listener at home goes, yes, of course. Yeah. Well, I haven't, I haven't completely run out of M's, uh, but I thought I'd, I'd revisit. I'd revisit two from the long lost first episode. What? Revisiting? Well, because you've never, well, no one oh. amongst our listeners has heard them. Sure. So. Uh, we'll act surprised. <laughs> yes, act surprised. Just, mm. just because they're worth revisiting. Right. Um, and, and yes, after that, I'll, I'll venture forth into the rest of the alphabet. <laughs> um, we can hardly wait. So this, this first one is uh, from an album by Eden Arbez. Um, so it was probably the, well, one of the first concept albums, um, 1960, so well and truly beating Sgt. Pepper's. <laughs> <coughs> um, and what, what is the concept here? Eh? So the concept was Eden Arbez had an island. Um, and so with songs like here, this was the guy who wrote Nature Boy. Yes. Uh, so made famous by Nat King Cole and also featured in whatever Baz Luhrmann. Yes. Moulin Moulin Rouge. Rouge. Yes. Um, but that was his one. Well. That was his one big hit. Um, yes. Yeah. But the record company said, "Hey, we've got a great idea." Because he was a composer as well. They said, "How about you do a whole album of your weird surf hippie, you know, ideas?" Nineteen sixty. Okay, so. Ahead of, ahead of the game in, in right. some way. So this and one so is, your ears prick up at the word weird yep. and suddenly it's in your closet. It was just because I investigated Eden Arbez because I love the song Nature Boy. Sure. And so I was like, well, who is this guy? Surely he's produced other stuff. And then looked it up and said, what the hell is that? Listen to Eden's Island and went, oh, yeah, I can, mm-hmm. I can dig. I can dig. I can dig. Okay. Well, let's see if we dig. Right, so and this is, is Marketplace. Okay. Is that the Marketplace in the island? Yes. It's so see-through. So a lot of the songs on the album have this nice cruising feel to them. Probably uh, at least half have even doing like beat poetry. Oh, really? Over the top. He doesn't sing at all through it, I think, apart from one song called My Banana, which 
<laughs> I don't know. I guess it, I guess if you <laughs> if you're that Why? lonely on your island, oh, we're not listening to my banana <laughs> right now. <laughs> and and I also want like concept album. Yeah, isn't this just yeah. like it? Like is it like if I put out an music? album of Hawaiian songs, is that <laughs> no, 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 a, is no, no, that no. a because he puts himself on the island and he's saying, you know, it, with. If it's this one or another one, but he says, you know, I go over and I, you know, meet the people over there, and man, had me a ball. Um, and that makes it a concept. Anyway. No, no, because he talks, you know, I'm here at the beach, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. It's like he's you got know, a map. It's all tied together. Today we're off to the waterfall. Yes, I mean, obviously, living With on the island banana. wasn't too good for him. If you look at the, his photo from the <laughs> album cover, <laughs> it's pretty rough. He's looking a little ragged. Oof. So, but yeah, he was he was out there. Man. That's a long bow call that a concept album that's a long mm. day it's i'm sorry he beat the beatles, John beat the beatles. <laughs> he really brought it to the masses so who, how many albums did this sell this thing uh well if you include uh eight i don't know about 12 <laughs> <laughs> i'm not sure obviously not uh, a big seller but a great one for everyone else I- because everyone else should be staying in their own closet, right? Yes, this is the whole Absolutely. idea. Absolutely. Yes. Put that one How in your closet. Put your that one in your closet. One. So lo- okay, lo- so yeah, so just run us back through. So you you saw you love the song Nature Boy. Yep. You went exploring further and you and you found yep. this. And oh, you tracked it down. It didn't yes. come to you. Yes. So it was probably I don't know, within the past ten years that I found the album and stick yeah, this one in the car. Very yeah, good. absolutely. Look, well, whenever whenever we go to the beach as a family, it's a red light. It. Yeah. Getting stuck on the Bruce Highway. Dad, Taylor Swift. I can I can I can actually hear you girls rolling their eyes. <laughs> well, one of them just tries to go to sleep. Yeah, so the other one has to suffer. Oh, dad. <laughs> She's plotting your doom, mate. So, so this next one, another M. This is uh, this is so. by Rick Wakeman. Uh, this is from uh, I can't remember the whole name of the album, "The Myths and Legends of King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table." Mm. Yeah, so you may guess it's a little bit proggy. Yeah. So what's this? You got a bit of a prog theme going here tonight? Do I? Yeah, well, sure. Just, just told us that was yes. a concept album, and you know, oh yeah. yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I had I was thinking Eden as prog. Um, Anyway, but yeah, yeah, I could see that. Okay, so so this is Merlin the Magician. So double M's. It's it's mm. twice the goodness. Jesus, wow! But we will have to skip through bits of the song just so you get the full-bodied richness of this particular song. Now, this is from an the album. organ, the full organ. Yes, the full organ. So, but we'll, I'll discuss I'll discuss the album afterwards, please. So if you could if you could jump ahead to a minute thirty or thereabouts, please. Okay. Because the first minute and a half is just crap. Well, it starts off with a choir. <laughs> Gregorian chant type thing. Oh. I think I might have to skip a little bit further. <laughs> so Wakeman's obviously playing about four keyboards at this point. That's oh, right. Yes, yes, four. He's got uh, he's got very dexterous toes. Um, actually, five keyboards, but it's, it's a little something bring down. It's not like eight minutes or something. Okay. No, it's not too bad. What year? 
Okay. So, uh, 1974. Listen really closely, you can hear the time when, when Lord Kev just lost interest. <laughs> there it is, there, just then, yeah. Um, so, so that wow, uh, Merlin the magician, Merlin the magician. Um, so yeah, Rick Wakeman was who was he, Ben? Because you know more of your prog than I do. Wakeman, um, yeah, great Music. prog, uh, stalwart. He played with uh, Yes, uh, mostly. He's played with a couple of prog bands, but and obviously done his solo, solo work, but, stuff, yeah. um, yeah, most. Famously with uh, Yes, the band Yes. So this uh, this album... Pioneered, sorry to yeah. interrupt, pioneered that sort of, yeah, that organ-driven prog sound mm. through the yeah. 70s and, and literally you'd see him on stage, he used to wear a cape and, and the full get-up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He used to dress like a Merlin the Magician yeah. and he would be literally surrounded by, by at least 10 yeah. <laughs> keyboards. I think he was on roller skates as well. He used to do all kinds of wacky stuff. Yeah. Incredible, yeah. but but he did like like he did a number of concept albums like the, the Henry the Eighth I think was yeah. one and oh, yeah, Journey to of, the Center of the yeah. Earth. Yep, he even did a nineteen eighty four. Yep, um, yeah, a bunch of different yeah so, classic classic literature type based um, uh, concept albums. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so so this was this is an album that I I'm fairly sure was given to me when I was a kid. He's just dying inside. <laughs> <laughs> So I, so I so I grew up listening to this. It had a, it was a wonderful gatefold. It had yeah, just mm. spectacular. And, and, and I grew up like listening a, to this. It's like a sixteen-page like book, isn't it? This is the problem. Stuff like this. <laughs> this isn't what <laughs> helped you grow up. Hang on, and you, and that's it. You're exact. This is an eight-minute song, which seems yeah. to move through all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So it's like I had no, I had no. It's options, like really. a, it's the start of a little attention deficit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> One minute we're doing this. Hey, three minutes in we're doing that. Hang on, let's finish That's it off right. with little cartoons. So, Was it nature wow. or nurture? Little <laughs> <laughs> pinball no, no, bouncing that, off those no, walls. That, that song in particular, I guess, jumped around a little bit. The rest of the album is not quite like that. It's a, it's a lot more stable. Come on. But, but like, I, I, loved, I loved that song and I would play... I remember playing it to my dear wife uh, soon after we met, oh, and and she was just like, she's "That is just appalling." Well, she was <laughs> still like, your dear wife. Yes, and she was like, "That's the most appalling elevator music, yeah. combined with something rubbish uh, that I've ever heard." It's burnt into a memory. Um, yeah. Because whenever I say, you know, oh, you get to listen to this, and you're just like, "Is it that dude with the?" Because <laughs> I'm not. No. No. But I'm, yes. I'm going out. Yeah. <laughs> So I managed to see past that and still marry her anyway. Wow. Wow. Mate, I, I'm, that's I'm, love. I'm thinking of the reverse. She saw that and went, <laughs> you know what? Agreed. I'm going to hitch my wagon to this boy <laughs> because if this is where it starts, who that's knows right. where it's going to end? Hey, it's going to be one crazy and, adventure. And, uh, and hey, presto, you know, death metal. Mm-hmm. That's right. I can't leave him on his own. <laughs> that's, oh, she felt sorry. Who else? Who else oh, it's taking? a pity. Oh, it's a pity marriage. I like it. <laughs> I like it. All right. Oh, Someone has to love people who love prog music, right? Exactly. That's right. Who couldn't? Where next, Al? Where's Where's the journey? Okay. Well, next? now we're going. We're going out of the M's. 
Oh, and we're going I into can smell that. So fresh slow down. Fresh, <laughs> fresh air. We're going into a, a genre of music which I don't think we've actually played any examples of um, at all in all our episodes. So this is some bluegrass. Wow. This this song is Dixie Breakdown. Hang on, hang on. Hey? No, 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 no. You've shattered the whole alphabet thing. Now we're just going. I know. Now we're just. You got bored of that. You're now not we're even just going anywhere. No, it's just. It's it's free fall. It's We've <laughs> thrown the whole filing system out the cupboard. It's oh, yeah. a mess. I could. And now we're just picking shit up. Your decimal is just uh, rolling in his grave. <laughs> I could pick up some more M's if you want. Oh, I mean, we could, you know, wow. there's at least another dozen there. That, wow. But no, I thought I'll go for variety instead of, you know, I could have brought back the uh, 101 strings. Oh. As I know. Yeah, please no, don't. We'll go, we'll go for Dixie. Switched on bark. Dixie Breakdown, which originally was written by Don Reno and Red Smile in 1958. Right. But this is not by them. It's Good. another version. All right. Playing it with as much feeling as you can possibly muster at that speed. You're right. I think you've just highlighted a couple of uh, a couple of segments that we need to do later on. One is yes, we need to touch on the bluegrass thing. Mm. Um, but the other thing is, there's a whole segment in music your partners hate <laughs> that you play. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Does your does your wife like the banjo? Uh. Well. No. 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 Don't paint it. Just tell us. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just trying to... Okay. As an instrument, no. <laughs> what else is there? No. As, no, a, wall hanging, if, as a wall hanging, she if, loves it. If it was, like as a, as a as solo a instrument or a prominent instrument, yes, no. Please. If it was in the background of an otherwise decent song. <laughs> Way in the background. <laughs> fine. Behind if, a fifty-piece orchestra. If I'm learning how to play something, oh. when I'm first learning how to play it, oh. uh, I'd say that she hates it. That's a no. A- and then <laughs> after a certain point, she could probably appreciate that I'm doing what it's supposed to do. <laughs> almost, <laughs> she could appreciate it. Except yeah. it's about a quarter of the speed it should be. Yeah, wow. with, with less finesse. Wow. Well, there you go. So, yeah, that's brilliant. So. This is more. This seems to be more about your marriage tonight <laughs> than the closet. Yeah, we're we still talking about the banjo. <laughs> but but yeah, uh, the other songs. Yeah, I, I listen to a lot of bluegrass. So hmm. yeah, we'll definitely we'll definitely do a, a whole. Yeah, that's right. It's been sadly neglected. Absolutely. I think it would be fun to do that and actually um, have the Lady of Lords complete the list rather than us oh, guessing. Oh yeah, mm. yeah. Because we might be in for some rude. Oh, I, I, mine are pretty obvious, I think. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I don't know if I'd need a, mm. a questionnaire to... Yeah. But I, I, I had I this funny feeling have... that there'll be things that, you know, you, you, you'll hear about that'll be like, sure. what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. I put them all the time. I think I pretty know. much every song I've chosen. <laughs> um, all right, mate. All right. Got one so, more for us? Yeah, one more. So that's on... Mm-hmm. Yep. So this one is uh, by... Fellow slash band called Yat Car. Mm. 
who is from, uh, now I'll probably get this wrong. So Yak Yat. Car. Yat Car. Yat Car. Yes. Uh, Y-A-T hyphen mm-hmm. K-H-A. Right. Yes, yes. Uh, so he's from either... He's from Star Wars, isn't he? <laughs> That's <laughs> where he's from. Tibet or Nepal. I was going to say he's clearly from Tibet or Nepal. Yes, yes. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, he, uh, he's done a number of albums, and so he does some of the throat singing type stuff. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. But... <laughs> thank you. Um, just, he's on just, the, just for those playing at home. He's on yeah. the throat singing circuit, basically. So, something like that, yes. Um, but he also mixes it with some contemporary sounds. With this one, it was off an album that he did that were all cover versions. So this one... <laughs> so this one... What is, is it with you on cover versions? <laughs> this one Seriously. is Led Zeppelin. Oh, and wow. when, when the levee breaks. I thought wow. you... Oh, man, let's hear that. So... So you will have to skip a few times in this one to get all the goodness. Ah, oh, excellent. So if you go to about a minute ten. Yeah, right a minute ten. Excellent. You could skip on the raining yeah, you will. You will need to listen. Just appreciate the one. So, ten, oh, for fuck's sake, how do you find this personally? What makes you think this is a good version? Yeah. To keep in my closet. That's a great one to keep in the closet. And then, I mean, and then if you go out of the thing about the closet, oh, you're right. You're right. <laughs> you don't necessarily have it out and about, but it's in there. Oh, it's weird to get it. Probably keeps the vermin out of the closet. I imagine it scares him away. So, so if you go ahead to about three minutes. God, what it takes to make a mountain man. Oh, they think it don't really need anything on the brain. Stood here and I'll his heart. What's that? That ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I must have. I must have. There you go. There's some of the uh, the throat right. singing. You get the, the two tones. Glad we missed that. Is he taking the piss? That's all I'm saying. Is he taking yeah. the piss? Why he takes. No, that's that's pretty much say go like the like the whole album. Just pretty much like wow, cover versions of modern songs or modern yeah. songs, yeah, with a bit of throat singing thrown in. Yes, and he it's sings in that piece. in that real guttural. Yeah, but but is but is is his deep notes, particularly on that track, are oh, well worth wow. well worth listening to. Deep notes, well, I'm, mm. I'm but, but I, I have to say like, the whole rest of the album. Was unlistenable, and that, I'm saying that. <laughs> I'm saying that. That was the one track wow. that I could get out of it. Wow. And that, I and I came across that one from listening to some interview on I don't mm. know what it was one day with some actor Christ, whose name yeah. I can't remember. Well, well, I hope I speak for the listener the rest of the hours, but let's close that closet really quickly. <laughs> yeah, let's get that shut. Let's real shut tight, that real shit right up. <laughs> Someone get a jackhammer out. We're just knocking that whole thing over. Yeah. Yeah. So Something sadly, that song it. at the moment isn't on Spotify, but you can oh, find it on YouTube. So, you that, know, thanks. for all you listeners yeah. who are dying to hear the rest of it, Jesus, that's the that's Yak the Cat. Hot tip. Mr. Yak Cat. <laughs> well, on yak that note, car. 
on that note, I think uh, I'll remind us one more time. So, well, let me let me try to think of how we find. You've been busy putting all the the uh, episode playlists up on Spotify. Yes. And YouTube, but Spotify is the most complete at, at the moment. Yes. Yep. And you find that by searching for Lords of Loud, looking at our profile. Yes. Not not looking for the don't go to podcasts. Mm. No. Or do. Or do. But, but please listen to podcasts. Yeah, but, but also go to the profile. But if you're looking for the playlist, go to the profile, click on the playlist uh, tab there, and all our epi- all the plays from the episodes are there, including all the great songs that Al's uh, <laughs> done tonight, which obviously is none. So that'll be a quick one. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, right. Here are the highlights. Oh, it's an empty playlist. Yeah, that's that's right. why he does it. You're very oh, short one this week. Um, I'll be sure yes. to put on extras. That's right. <laughs> Please go to our social media Instagram, not Instagram, uh, Facebook, and make comments, suggestions. Uh, tell us how awesome we are or just berate us. That'd be great. Whatever. Yeah. Anything. We'd take anything at this point. Yeah. Tell your friends, tell your family. Um, but most importantly, tune in next time on The Lords of Loud. Lords of Loud is recorded at Zip Studios and proudly distributed as part of the Zenith Command Network. 